0: Hey you. Welcome back. I hope the questions I invited you to live from have given you a bit more clarity about yourself and your direction. If not, no worries. The deepest parts of us, the hidden riches, take time to unbury. I promise you though, they're in there. Stay patient and keep digging. And just remember, you don't need to carve any answers into stone. It's more important to live from these questions than to cling to some answer. So, don't overthink it. Just continue to stay open, curious, and receptive, patient with and interested in yourself and your unfolding. In any case, no matter our aim or direction in life, we are each bound to run into bumps along the way. So, today I thought we'd start by opening our awareness to these agitations, which can be both subtle and crude. And then we'll finish by exploring the primary vehicle we'll use to smooth out our ride. I'm confident that once you learn how to operate it, it will never sit behind the wheel of another vehicle again, at least by choice. It was designed some 2,500 years ago by the Buddha and has been tried, tested, and proved ever since. Okay, well, let me begin by just providing some context to the Buddha's problem situation. As a young prince, after encountering sickness, aging, and death out beyond the safety and protection of his castle walls, the Buddha was compelled by compassion to relieve the world of its suffering and discontent. So to understand the Buddha, we have to understand, as the Buddha often said, that he teaches only suffering and its end. Now I say suffering here, which is a common translation of the Pali word dukkha. Pali is just the language of the Buddha. But to translate dukkha as merely suffering is a bit dramatic, misleading, and incomplete. Dukkha is actually a much broader and more encompassing term than suffering alone. And there's no single English word that can capture its full meaning. So let's look at the word etymologically to see if this helps point us to the actual felt experience of dukkha. And then from here, you can begin to build your own direct experience of it. Okay, so if we look at the word dukkha etymologically, we can break it into two parts the prefix du, which means bad or difficult, and the root ka which generally means empty, but can more specifically mean the empty axle hole of a wheel. So if we put these two together, we can begin to feel more viscerally what is meant by dukkha. Just imagine riding in a cart that has a poor-fitting axle. It's going to be a bumpy ride. We can think of dukkha, then, as the bumps and agitations, the ups and downs, the felt experiences of our journey through life through birth and death, gain and loss, pleasure and pain, happiness and sorrow, praise and blame, fame and disrepute. As the Buddha said, birth is dukkha, aging is dukkha, death is dukkha, sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, and despair are dukkha, association with the unpleasant is dukkha, separation from the pleasant is dukkha, not getting what is wanted is dukkha. Dukkha, then, is an essential mark of being. It's what lets us know we're alive. The Buddha called it the first noble truth, that life consists of dukkha. I hope this enlarges your understanding of dukkha, but let's not stop here. Let's look at the more general meaning of ka, empty, to add more texture to our understanding. When we look at dukkha from this angle, we can think of it as anything that is ultimately empty of satisfaction anything that's empty of permanence or lasting peace. We can translate dukkha more generally, then, not as suffering, but as that which is ultimately unsatisfying or unreliable, which is all things in a world of constant change. You can think of it as reaching your hand into a river and trying to hold on to the water. You can't. So if your happiness or peace in life Depends on acquiring things, whether it's a fancy car or home, a certain relationship, a job, or certain accolades, you'll never find lasting peace or satisfaction. As you probably know, as soon as we fulfill a desire, a want, we're immediately faced with another desire. Desire is a black hole that can never be filled. That brings us to the Buddha's second noble truth that clinging is the cause of dukkha. By this, he meant that when we identify ourselves with some aspect of experience, when we try to hold on to it, when we cling to it, my emotion, my body, my possession, we're bound to experience dukkha. We'll feel the bumps and agitations of our journey through this mysterious floating world. To cling is to put ourselves in opposition to reality. It's to put ourselves in opposition to the dharma. To the truth of the moment's experience, which is always in flux. When we look at the truth of the moment's experience, there's never anything permanent, stable, and unchanging. So when we cling to that which is ultimately unsatisfying, unstable, and unreliable, we're bound to suffer. We will inevitably experience dis-ease. Again, it's like trying to reach your hand into a flowing river and catch and hold on to it. It's impossible. Okay, well, to get a better idea of what I'm talking about, let's go ahead and take the Buddha's all trained vehicle for a spin. Let's practice Vipassana, or insight meditation, a practice that seeks to cultivate the state of mind commonly referred to as mindfulness. It's mindfulness that both opens us to dukkha and ultimately frees us from it. It's mindfulness that brings us insight and allows us to live with wisdom. So go ahead and take a moment to get settled into a comfortable, upright position. And then just allow the mind to relax and soften. Allow the body to soften.
1: Allow the forehead to relax. Relax the jaw. Relax the shoulders. Soften the belly just
0: allowing the muddy waters of the mind to settle as you let go of your plans
1: for the day, as you let go of all your worries. Calm, calm, calming. And now, open to the body as a field of energy. Open to it as
0: a field of changing bodily sensations. Tingling,
1: vibration, pressure, tightness, heat or cold. Whatever's there that tells you you have a body. And
0: within this field of changing sensations, open to all the sensations associated with breathing. And realize that breathing is happening all on its own. There's no need to control the breath. There's no need to anticipate it or lean into it. You can simply receive this changing flow
1: of sensation, this changing flow of energy with an open hand, an open heart and mind. And notice too that you aren't producing your awareness of these sensations either. These
0: sensations are arising and being known all on their own and in
1: their own place. Awareness is already effortlessly aware, bright, clear, open, and luminous. So just resting here for a moment as if
0: you're on a raft, allowing the river of sensation to carry
1: you easefully through this open space of experience. And if you notice that awareness has collapsed into thought, if
0: it feels like space just got smaller. If you feel any sort of agitation or struggle, no worries. Simply note the feeling of dukkha as it arises. Note that feeling of trying to hold on to the river. And then, once again, give up the fight. We don't need to stand in opposition to experience. We can simply be with it. We can be with whatever is here in this moment, without struggle without judgment,
1: without trying to change experience, but simply noting it, noting its ever-changing nature. Again, right now, there's nothing you need to do. There's no problem to solve. There's no need to try to change experience. There's no need to try and fix it. There's no need to lean into it or to push it away. Right now, you can just be. You can simply let go and rest in the awareness that already is. If you find that your mind is a bit restless, that it's moving around very quickly,
0: jumping from thought to thought, no worries. It's a very natural human experience. Simply note the restless mind and then check your posture or attitude toward it. Do you want it to be another way? Is there any resistance or judgment toward it? If so, it's important to remember the practice doesn't exclude anything. Restlessness, drowsiness, sadness, pain, discomfort, doubt, uncertainty. When any of these are present in the mind, it doesn't mean our practice is going poorly. It doesn't mean we're doing it wrong. Sometimes we'll be traveling through a bright, luminous, and relaxed mindscape, and at other times, we'll find ourselves moving through a dark, cloudy, muddy forest. And that's okay. The practice is simply to know how the mind is in each moment and to open to whatever's there,
1: without resistance, without judgment. So once again, see if you can allow your body and mind
0: to soften. Allow your entire being to open. Allow the energy to move and flow freely. Notice that you don't need to stand in opposition to experience. You don't need to resist it or try to hold on to it. Whatever is
1: here in this moment is okay, it has the support of loving awareness. Whatever arises because of its very arising
0: will by its own nature liberate itself. It'll pass away all on its own. So again,
1: there's nothing you need to do. There's no problem to solve. If you look closely, you'll see that there's nothing here in experience
0: that's solid and unchanging. There are simply sensations arising, changing, and disappearing. Sounds, thoughts, feelings, and emotions arising, changing,
1: and disappearing. And behind all of this, holding all of it, is a kind of deep silence, a profound stillness. The unborn, the deathless, the invisible and boundless field of knowing. Everything is being held by this vast capacity,
0: this vast stillness, this silence. Everything, all the pieces and dimensions of you
1: are being seen and felt by this loving, open awareness. Look closely, and I think you'll see that nothing can hurt or disturb this space. It welcomes all, pleasant and unpleasant, with an openness, with a brightness, with a clarity, with a kind of natural compassion. See if you can tune into this space This is who you truly are, unbound, unbroken, undying, awake, entirely whole, and at peace. You're not some small ego part, a thought-based part, that identifies itself with the ever-changing content of experience. Love is what you truly are. Can you feel that? Well, thank you for practicing. Now, before you get up, just take a moment to notice how you feel. And
0: remember, however you feel in this moment, whether pleasant or unpleasant, is okay. Again, the practice is not a practice of seeking. It's one of letting go and letting be. It's to recognize again and again that you
1: as the greater awake awareness are already entirely whole and at peace. So at some point today, see if you can take a moment to practice. If you
0: find yourself getting agitated, See if you can note the direct experience of dukkha, that feeling of being caught on something, that feeling of being collapsed into a small space, identified with some aspect of experience, that feeling of dis-ease or struggle, and then simply give up the fight. Try to remember that you don't need to stand in opposition to experience. You don't need to lean into it or hang on to it
1: or push it away. You can simply remain spacious and open to whatever is here.
0: Allow it to come and go all on its own. Recognize
1: that you, as awake awareness, are already entirely at peace. Until next time.